0: Continuing our talks on Yoga Maya, especially how Yoga Maya is engaging in lila. Hold on a second. Too much light. How Yoga Maya is engaging in the lila, and all the nice leelas. Which, how is
1: she producing them and directing them? That's what we're going to be talking about. Now Some kirtan.
2: Something, something, something. Oops. Krishna, Krishna, Hare, 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 Rama, Hare, Rama. Radha, Madhava, Punjabi Hari. Radha, Madhava, Punjabi Hari. Kupi keri bhar thai kapi jano balava keri brajjana thai shodanannana brajjana janarangana shodanannana braj Jamuna Tira Panacha Lata Madhava Kija Lata Madhava Gunjabi Hari. Ahmadhava, Tonyamjavi Hari. Uppi Janna Bhai Lava, Kiri Bhai janna Kiri Bhai Hari jishothananna bhaj janaranjana jishothananna bhaj janaranjana hamna chiera banachha jishona chiera Radha Madhava Punjabi Hari Radha marabha, kunjavi Punjabi Hari Radha Madhava Punjabi Hari Hare Krishna Hare Rama Hare Rāma Hare, Hare 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 Krishna, Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, 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 Rama Hare Hare Thay goa premanandi, Hare Hare poh, jaya. Namo Vishnu Padaya, Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale, Shri Mati Bhakti Vedanta Shami Tinamata, Namaste, Shara Shati Deve, Gauravani Pacharine, Nirvi se sasunyavari Dasatani chidisitani Jaisi Krishna Chaitanaplavu nitanando Shadayta Gadadhar Shiva Shari Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Panchakapa Tarubyascha Kapashandu Viva Cha Potitanam Pavanibyo Bhishna Vibyo Namonamah Sikrishna Chaitana Prabhu nityananda Nando Shuddhae Tagadadhar Sri Shari Gaura Bhakta, Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Hare Hare, Hare, Hare Ram Hare Ram Ram, Ram Ram Hare Hare So again we have to Figure
0: out where we left off I'm going to read from where I think we left off
1: This, I believe, takes us to... As I read, we will recognize whether or not we've read this before.
0: And uh, if so, I will have to locate where we left off. Uh, So... In time, they too would forget that Krishna's queens were once gopis. After all, by the arrangement of Yogamaya, the gopis would still be in Braja. How could they be elsewhere? Not that everybody saw them there, but they were there. And so the Brajbhasis and Krishna's crying after one another would begin anew because that was the way of love. So there's this apparent separation the moment Krishna accepted Satyabama's hand and ushered her into his place, she would cease being Radha. Outside her residence in Nava Vrindavan, she would be Satyabama. The Dwarka expansion of Radha, just as Krishna outside of Vrindavan, is an expansion of himself, and in her original form she would return to Vrindavan. Like the other Brajbasis and continue to lament where is Krishna? So Krishna created a Nava Vrindavan. A Nava Vrindavan was created in Dwarka because he was feeling so much separation. But for now she stood in Nava Vrindavan. She was still Radha and was so free to marry Hari. She was still Radha and was free to marry Hari. And under the influence of his pastime potency, Satyabhama was el- was, el- was elated. Hare Krishna. Lalita squeezed Vishaka's hand and said, to see the reunion of Radhe and Sham is the perfection of our lives and not our lives now. No, it says, now our lives are all successful and all perfect. Typo. Hmm as we discussed before radha when radha expands into dwarka she becomes satya bhama and now they're married were well, radha and krishna were married as satya bhama and dwarka yes and there was a fun play of radha and krishna on being married now i don't know if you know this but chiva goswami had followers, who couldn't accept that Krishna would be so immoral as to have union with the wives of other men. And so he had to say that he was married to all of those women and Radha and Krishna were also married. So he said that, he wrote that, but it was for that specific reason, because they, those people could not understand they were attached to attached to morality that's how they were conditioned but it's not entirely untrue because in the spiritual world there are different places and there's a place in goloka where radha and krishna are married it's outside of braj a little bit outside still considered goloka but in that place they're married and so that serves the desires of those who want to see them married or who believe they're married or who want a relationship with Radha and Krishna who are married. So, as we were speaking last Wednesday, that Krishna reciprocates with every relationship. He has a form and a place to reciprocate with whatever kind of relationship the devotee wants. So that's there also, just in case you're interested in it. But generally because Mahāprabhu came to give love in the mood of the residents of Braj, most Gaudiya Vaishnavas would not be interested in that, but it is there for the asking, if one. Well, you don't even have to ask for it. If that is what you want, it will be given to you. Um, th- I wondered, this morning I was... You know, Vijay Lakshmi had written me something about once you go back to the spiritual world, you don't come back again. and um, there was something I was reading and preparing for class that I, I didn't put in, perhaps I should have, but it tells the story of Udhava and Dorka, and then Udhava going back to the spiritual world. So from the dwarka boma Dorka, Dwarka on this planet, which is also Krishna's abode it's a transcendental abode from there he went to dwarka in the spiritual world and it was you know he just showed up like yeah here i am not like i'm back sorry i was gone but just like never gone just you know like nothing happened Kind of like waking up from a dream, and you forget the dream, and it's just you know your life just keeps going. So, I decided. Let me Google and see. Not Google. Let me go to the database and see what Prabhupada said about going back to God. What What's it like? Specifically, do you remember your existence in this world? And Prabhupada said, "No, you don't. You just go back there, and it's like." It's just normal. And you don't remember this existence. And, you know, some people say, well, don't you need to remember it so you won't go back into it? And the answer is no. You don't have to. Neither would you want to. Um, or sometimes we get the idea, if it's kind of like you show up in the spiritual world and for a second... You just kind of, oh, 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 never mind. You know, kind of like, you know, that ever happened to you? Something strange happens for a second. And then you just kind of forget about it and go on. Kind of like a deja vu thing. I think I've been here before. Oh, whatever. So at at best, it's like, oh, what was that? And, oh, forget it. (laughs) So... um, it's either that. <clears throat> at best, it's that. And at least, it's you're just there, like everything's normal, which is it's a nice meditation considering all the how seriously we take our lives here and how many lives we've had, and how how many attachments we have, and how and how we're like so. Unwilling to give up our attachments. But from the perspective of being in the spiritual world and looking from there there down, if we could, on this life and these attachments, we would not bat an eye about giving them up. So that's nice to meditate on that. that even though we're attached to so many things. When you go back to the spiritual world, this is all... It was just like you wake up and it's like oh I had a bad dream you know like, and you just forget it it's like whatever just one big bad dream and for us it seems like quite a long dream but in the light of eternity it was you know most dreams are not that long just, from what I'm told the dream which looks like it you know you're doing something for quite a while it's only a few minutes and there you are you're just back and everything is just like totally, perfectly wonderful. and Yes. Okay. Sound good? You want
1: to go? Okay. Let's go. Hearing about uh, the spiritual world is kind of... It really,
0: as I said, I said the other day, it, hearing about the spiritual world I I see it, if I were to give an analogy, kind of like a reorientation. Like you've been in prison. Let's say you've been in prison your whole life and now you're 70 and you have to... You have to start learning about what life is outside the prison because you're not prepared for it. And life in the prison is all you know, so life in the prison is normal. So the concept of being outside and working and having freedom and, you know, buying the food you want, cooking what you want, going walk for long walks for miles. You don't have any experience of that. So you start hearing about it. Well, this is what life is like outside. This is what people do. This is how they think. This is what it looks like. So that's what we're doing. By hearing about these pastimes, we're reorienting ourselves to what is the actual reality. Okay, so now we're going to read more about this. Satya Bhama Satya Bhama had asked for a benediction that had made even her uncertain as to how it would come to pass, although Krishna's smile radiated confidence. She was reserved and inquired further, but how will that be? In reply, by Krishna's will, Yoga Maya appeared from among the flowering
1: bushes and bore witness to the wonder of Hari's pastimes. Harid. Do not doubt that at this very moment
0: you are standing in the beautiful and opulent abode of Braja. So there in Nava Vrindavan, which is built. In Dorka, which is non different from Vrindavan, and so now she's not Satyabama; she's Radha. Satyabama looked all around, but continued to see the pleasure garden of Nava Vrindaban on the outskirts of Dorka. Her blinking eyes questioned Yogamaya's assertion. What I say is the truth, continued Yogamaya, but by the power of time, I have arranged it in a different way. O Radha, origin of all potencies, look within your heart and you will directly see that you are now in Vrindavan and that Krishna is standing by your side. Then Yogamaya disappeared. Sadyabhama looked at Krishna. Hari squeezed her hand. And with a mysterious smile, said, Devi, you know everything. What does your heart say? Satya Bhama closed her eyes and beheld Vrindavan Dham. In that transcendental abode, she saw Krishna, the cows, the gopas, and the gopis. She saw herself at Krishna's side, always, just as it had appeared just as it had appeared that Krishna had remained in Mathura after killing Kamsa, but actually he had returned with Nanda Maharaj. Similarly, it would now appear that Krishna would remain in Dwarka, but actually he would return to Vrindavan with Satyabhama and the Gopis. When Krishna went back to Vrindavan, nobody saw him, but he never leaves Vrindavan. All right, you can stay up all night thinking about that. We'll talk more about that later. So In the next section we're going to read Purnamasi instructs Krishna. Hmm. Of course, poor Yogamaya has arranged this Navavrindavan to soothe Krishna's feelings of separation. So, Duruka, who was accustomed to royal receptions, was astounded by the intimacy and spontaneity of the Brajabasi's welcome. So, I'm not sure what what's going on here. It sounds like Krishna. Unfortunately, I don't have the context. It sounds like. Either it's Nava Vrindavan and the Bhajabhasis are treating him as Bhajabhasis, do treat Krishna informally, or they've gone back to Vrindavan. Same difference. So he's, he's never seen this before because Krishna is treated reverentially wherever Taruka has taken him. And he was even more astonished by the way Krishna lovingly reciprocated with the Brajbasis. Krishna was not dispensing the mercy of the Almighty Lord with the wisp of a smile, a slight glance, or a salutary wave. He was wholeheartedly embracing his friends, laughing and smiling with each of them, and placing his own garlands around their necks. So this is something you don't see in the the other forms of Krishna doing. He smeared the foot dust of his elders over his body asked about their family's welfare and humbly begged for their blessings. And when the cows finally managed to push their way through the crowd, Krishna scratched their heads, placed his arm around each one of them and offered them grass with his own hands. Only the gopis stayed at a distance and Krishna, uncertain how to greet them, Cast secret glances their way. Subtle and intricate, indeed, are the ways of the love in Braja. Poor Namasi Devi led the party to the shade of a large banyan tree, where she pacified the Brajbasis and welcomed Krishna with sweet words. Her every sentence was punctuated by the Brajabasis' cry. Gopal Kijai! And it was not until after she reminded the villagers that Krishna had not eaten since leaving Indraprastra that the reception disbanded and everyone set about their duties to prepare Krishna's meal. So this is actually Krishna coming back to Vrindavan. As we said Wednesday, he came back about four times, as far as I know. So this is one of them. Hurry, Purnamasi said, you have fulfilled your vow to return to Braja and you shall surely bring life to your family. But first rest and then eat and after you, you have done these things, the reception your mother has prepared will be ready. Then you may enter Gokula Putti. Krishna looked at his Yogamaya who had the eternal form of an elderly Brahmani, the preceptor of the Brajbasis. Devi, replied Krishna, it shall be as you say. I shall certainly wait to see my parents. And since Balaram is but some days behind me, I shall wait for his arrival, and we shall enter the village together. No no, Purnamasi cried That will not do, Krishna You have made the gopas, gopis, and your parents wait all these years. Now you're at the doorstep. You will again make them wait for mere formality? Krishna raised his eyebrows as as if to ask, formality? Purnamansi answered, Baladev will come when he comes. We will hold a separate reception for him. But just now everyone, everyone wants to greet you and you should not disappoint them. Purnamasi pointed to the Brajbasi, scurrying here and there, setting out a banquet for his pleasure. In a voice full of emotion, she said, they have suffered enough. Do not make them suffer anymore. Of course, the suffering was caused by her. <laughs> because it had a purpose. So these are leelas, um, we're reading leelas now, and then uh, some other philosophical points will come up in due course. These are leelas in which Yogamaya is partaking directly. So I thought we would include the, this, we would read this to see how Yogamaya not only arranges the leela, but sometimes participates, participates in it. That's Purnamasi, the elderly Brahmani female Brahman. Brahmanī is female for Brahmanā. Another story. Suddenly, Krishna's door opened with a knock, excuse me, without a knock. He looked up and saw Madhu, then Purnamāsi and finally Vrinda file into his room. Krishna wiped his tears and rose to greet the guru of the Brajbāsi's Purnamāsi. He bowed before the old Brahmani and offered her a sitting place. So he was crying, must be some scene of separation. Although he was in no condition to receive guests, it would be wrong to be inhospitable. So it sounds like Krishna um, has either been refused the darshan of Radharani for misbehaving or some similar situation. where He's feeling separation and crying. Portamasi was dressed in the reddish garments of an ascetic. It means probably more like orange, right? Orangeish, reddish She was tall, fair-complexioned, and had hair the color of kasha flowers. Merely seeing her gave Krishna hope. Here was the goddess known and worshipped in the assembly of perfected saints as Yogamaya. She was Krishna's internal potency who makes all arrangements for Krishna's pastimes. And she had appeared in Vrindavan as an austere old lady. But by the order of her guru, Narada Muni, she had left her son, Sandipani Muni, in Avantipur, and out of love for Krishna had moved to Gokul. This description of Purnamasi is based on Gopal Champu and Sri, Sri Radha Krishna Gonodesha Nipika. In the dim lamplight, Krishna could see Purnamasi smile as she said, O oh child, why are you distressed? You are constantly bathed in the love of the Vajrasis. How then can you be unhappy? For the first time since her arrival, Purnamasi displayed her own sorrow. Like a thief, confessing a crime, she began to weep softly. The people of Braj are not at fault. Rather, I am to blame. Hmm. Now, shes it seems, appears, that Purnamasi is questioning her arrangements, because it's causing so much suffering. And so she's saying, you know, all this suffering, it's my fault. This is what she saying, quite dramatic. Like a thief confessing a crime, she began to weep softly. The people of Braj are not at fault, rather I am to blame. Frinda Devi put her hand upon Port Amasi's back to comfort her. As the Brahmani continued, In the days of your childhood, the gopis' parents had set their hearts on you as the match for their daughters to serve your parakya pastimes. I was the one who changed their minds. She's saying that all the gopis and gopis wanted their daughters to marry Krishna, but she influenced them not to. Then I created an illusion throughout Braja that the gopis had been married to other men, but there was no real wedding between the gopis and the gopas. Krishna asked, if the gopis were not truly married, how was it that they lived in the homes of their in- in-laws? So now we're going back to, again, this, this second set of gopis Leela is, is being explained. Portamasi explained, by my magical powers I made the Vajabhasis dream of the gopis' marriage and accept that dream as reality. In effect, there were no real marriages, just dreams of marriages. And so the gopis are not truly married. So she's lamenting because all well, the parents wanted to have their daughters marry Krishna. Uh. Or all oh, the gopis wanted their daughters to marry, and factually they never did. It just seemed like they did, so she, she's feeling bad. Well, I just tricked them. They think that all their daughters were married, but actually they weren't married. Frinda shook her head as Pornamassi answered. That is not correct. Their marital relationships arose out of a dream, a dreamlike illusion, and therefore they are unreal since the gopis' fathers never sought to give their daughters to anyone but you, they never actually gifted their daughters to anyone. The gopis are not married, so she's saying the gopis belong to krishna that's don't worry that's that's just how it is, and always will be, among all the types of marriage. Arrangement by the parents is best. In the first-class marriage system, the parents of the bride and bridegroom arrange. That's a quote from Prabhupada. Krishna disagree with Purnamasi's argument. Devi. The gopis may have been married in a dream, but they have not passed their lives in one. The reality is that they lived, they, live, they ate and slept in the homes of men they considered their husbands as such. Their relationships have been consummated, even though the marriage ceremonies did not actually take place. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Having a little debate here. When Krishna expressed his concern that the gopis were intimate with their husbands, Madhu, Vrinda, and Purnamasi all protested in unison. No, no. At the time of the dance you held on that moonlit autumn night, explained poor Namasi, the cowherd men, bewildered by your illusory potency, thought their wives had remained home at their sides. Thus they did not harbor any jealous feelings against you. That's a verse from Srimad Bhagavatam. Tenth Canto, 33rd chapter, verse 37. Just let me finish this pastime, it takes a while and then have some discussion. Beautiful Vrinda added, the gopis are expansions of your internal potency and are meant exclusively exclusively for your enjoyment. <clears throat> How can they ever belong to any other living being? Although it was Pornamasi who arranged their apparent marriages to create the excitement of paramour love, the gopis never had any contact with their husbands. This is Rindadeva speaking. Those men never had contact with the gopis' supremely attractive forms, taste, fragrance, sound, and touch. Qualities which are reserved for you alone. So she's speaking to Krishna. This paragraph is based on Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur's commentary to Srimad Bhagavatam 10.33.37. He also quotes the following verse from Ujvila Nilamani. Translation. The gopis' jealous husbands consorted not with their wives but with doubles manufactured by Maya. In other words, by Yoga Maya. Thus, these men never actually had any intimate contact with the Divine Ladies of Raja. So... That's clear we studied this before but just as Ravana could not consort with Sita no no materialistic person can consort with anyone spiritual and if they are consorting with someone who appears to be that person it's a material form it's not actually the person Ravana could not touch Sita wasn't qualified so, what he touched was a material form of Sita. And so, similar situations happening here, what we're reading. Purnamasi continued To perform the marital functions expected of young girls, I created doubles of the gopis. It was those look alike gopis who remained with their husbands during the Rasa dance, while the original gopis, gopis, while the original gopis were dancing with you, those same lookalikes, interjected Madhu. Attend to the gopas' personal needs to this day. And your beloved gopis pine after you. Awaiting your mercy. Moralists raised the question of the propriety of Krishna's consorting with other men's wives. They say that even if the gopis are not married, the, men, the mere facade that he consorts with them sets a bad example. To this allegation, Shukadeva Goswami said, he who lives as the overseeing witness within the gopis and their husbands, and indeed within all embodied living beings, assumes forms in this world to enjoy transcendental pastimes. In other words, since Krishna is the creator of and the super-soul within the gopis and their husbands, what is wrong if Krishna embraces a part of his creation? You could say he's already embracing you from within. Or what is wrong in his going to a secluded place with the gopis when he already... when he already resides in the most secluded place of all their hearts. Good example. He went off and danced alone with these women. Yeah, he's already alone with them every day in their hearts. When the Lord assumes a human-like body to show mercy to his devotees, he engages in such pastimes as will attract those who hear about them to become dedicated to him. Hmm. In his commentary to this shloka, 10.33.36, Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam, Thakur, glorifies the Lord's conjugal pastimes, stating that these romantic affairs have an inconceivable spiritual potency to attract the polluted hearts of conditioned souls any pure or simple-hearted person who hears narr- who hears narrations of the loving affairs of krishna will be attracted to the lotus feet of the lord and gradually become his devotee hmm. Hmm. yes so you know it's interesting to to look at the Leela from these two perspectives. The perspective we've been talking about is that everything is being done to satisfy the devotee's desire for love and to satisfy Krishna's desire for love. But it's also it's also being done for the practicing devotees like ourselves. So we are going to hear about these pastimes. And when Krishna engages in these pastimes, he knows... That we're going to be hearing about them. He knows, he knew we would be having this class. And so what he does and how he inspires the acharyas to understand what he's doing and write that down in in commentaries is not coincidental or accidental. Everything Krishna is doing in his Leela not only will enhance the love of gopis, it will enhance our love. It was for our benefit. So as we know, Krishna, with one action, can do many things. That's a sign of a great person. And so these pastimes are orchestrated not only to churn the ocean of rasa within the lila, but also outside the lila, that we will hear about it. And it will pierce our hearts. And we'll feel some attraction to Krishna. So this is continuing the same story. A ray of hope appeared before Krishna. Portamasi had surely spoken the truth, but then, how could such a complex illusion be explained, or even revealed to the simple brajbasis in a way that they would believe it beyond a shadow of a doubt? As if reading his mind saintly yogamaya said hurry don't worry i will disclose these events in, i will disclose these events in a suitable way at a suitable time so krishna was wondering well how's everybody going to know what's going on and yogamaya is saying they'll know and i'll choose a way for them to know and a suitable time. So Krishna says, Well how will you do that? And Purnamasi says Just trust me, I'll I'll reveal the trance of the dream marriage and expose the gopi's doubles. Like this needs to be established for the sake of Tattva and Rasa. <clears throat> the gopis never consorted. With these men, they call husbands. So Krishna said, "Well, how, how, you know, what newspaper is that going to be in?" She she said, "I got you covered. Don't worry. Leave it to me." Krishna's heart pounded as Madhu beamed a smile of self-satisfaction. "I ask but one thing of you," said Purnamasi. Do not waver further on this issue. Marry the gopis and be especially sympathetic to Radha. So she's arranging this marriage and giving Krishna the green light. So you see how um, Krishna is subservient to Yogamaya. He trusts her. Whatever she's organizing is for the interest of everyone. Hmm. This story is continuing. I don't... Oh, it's a long story. I'm not sure where it ends because when I get to the end of a page, I can't tell. There's I put spaces between no.
2: Well, Let me see if you have any questions. This story is continuing. Okay, it looks like... Um,
0: Sadhyupa says says wow. Rupa says, aho. Alas. Aho is sometimes translated as alas. Maybe aho is another way of saying cool. But it's probably more like saying awesome. Yeah. Rupa says awesome. Wow. There's so much that goes on in Vrindavan and all I think about in Vrindavan is uh, what prasadam should I try?
2: (laughs) Oh, Oh, I feel like crying reading that. Okay. Let's see if we can help Sadhyabhama. Sadhyabhama,
0: the body you have, just an inconvenience. You have to carry it around wherever you go. But the urgings of your stomach are not that important. The leelas of Krishna are important. And the more you transcend your body, the
1: more you can focus on the leelas of Krishna, the more you can meditate on those leelas. eat anymore. And that will solve your problem of what's to eat.
0: You know, we, that problem was solved for us when we first went to Vrindavan in 1975. You know how that problem was solved? It was very easy. There wasn't anything to eat. It was just prasadam at designated times. Bas, that was it. Nomas. Nada. That solved that problem, right? And we were told When you're in the Dham, no sense gratification. No limka. No nothing. We didn't do anything. You didn't even talk to your wife. You wouldn't be hanging out with your wife alone somewhere. That was like, don't do that. Don't be with your wife in public alone. That was so strict. And the idea was the Dham is for the renunciates. So if you're not a renunciate, then you have to live like a renunciate. Not Vrindavan, not Mayabur, but Vrindavan. That's how we were told, this place is for renunciates. So if you're a grihasta, you live like a renunciate while you're here. Things have become a little different more devotees come, more devotees live, but at least when uh, we went there we were told to be very strict. Yes, but it's also the place of Radharani, so there's so much compassion. You can feel the compassion.
2: Radharani, Radharani, Radharani Radhe, Radhe hmm. You know, the
0: frustrating, frustrating thing, but it is one frustrating thing about being in Vrindavan, is that you know if you had the eyes, you would see Krishna. You would see all the leelas. because they're eternally going on. And you're there and you don't see them. It's
2: frustrating. When um,
0: I have no desire for sense gratification, you know what happens? You can see the leelas. You can see Vrindavan as it is. That's a fact. So, you know, from the perspective of a materialist, I think, why would you give up sense gratification? That's like stupid. Like, how are you going to be happy? When I give up the desire for sense gratification and my mind becomes purified, then at that point I can actually see Vrindavan. And then when I see Vrindavan, it's going to be amazing. So, that's the answer why I give up sense gratification. Because if you do, you can see God. And that's way better than any sense gratification. You can see the spiritual world way better than sense gratification. You can see yourself. You can experience yourself as a pure pure bliss, pure knowledge and eternity. That's better than sense gratification, right? And a lot of us are afraid to give up our sense gratification. But factually we should be afraid not to give it up. That makes more sense. To be afraid to give up sense gratification doesn't make sense because by that sense gratification you're blocking your ability. You're blocking your ability. You're, you are blocking your ability to see Krishna. So there's a there's a nice way to deal with your mind. You know, you need some strategies to deal with your mind. So this is one strategy. Instead of thinking, "Oh, how could I live with sense gratification?" You flip it around and say, oh, it's so bad living with sense gratification because without sense gratification or without gratification beyond what I need, I could actually see Krishna. So when you think, oh, I, could, I couldn't I could live without this, think of what the opposite is. Well, what would it be like if I lived without it? Then you focus on that, it, it becomes easier. Right? Does that make sense?
2: Yeah.
0: So,
1: you know, a devotee doesn't think, oh, I don't know if I could live without sense gratification. A devotee thinks, not so advanced yet, but at least you could
0: understand philosophically of what it would be like if you had no desire for sense gratification, and you can pray for that. Krishna, you know, help me someday overcome this desire. And, and I think it's. It's obvious to all of us that the anxiety that we experience, that everyone experiences, is because of hankering after having something that we think will make us happy. And if we didn't have that desire, just imagine you didn't have all that hankering, how you would feel. I mean, not even, not even being Krishna conscious, you would feel good to be free from those desires. What to speak of the fact that becoming purified allows you to perceive Krishna. Krishna. Then, also, if we can perceive Krishna in every living being, if we can perceive Krishna in the atom, in every atom, then that would be amazing, wouldn't it? And that would be amazingly powerful for our Krishna consciousness. Our Krishna consciousness would be constantly growing, 24-7. So... So at least if you can think of any kind of sensual pleasure as something which is, although enjoyable, is at odds with Krishna consciousness, at odds with Krishna consciousness, then giving it up is easier for sure. saying, "When is one qualified to visit Vrindavan for the first time? Mm. When you can go there totally in the mood of service, then you're qualified. When you can go there not thinking of sense gratification, then you're qualified. Yeah, you see, the thing is, if you go to Vrindavan and you think of sense gratification, you're not actually in Vrindavan." even though it may say that on your GPS. Vrindavan is a place where only Krishna's senses are, glad, are gratified. So even if you go there in material consciousness, you haven't gone there. So that's when you're ready to go. At least while you're there, that's how you should think. And if you can think that way while you're there, you can go. And if at any point while you're there you can't think that way, it's time to leave. Satyurpa says, I kind of equate austerity with punishment. How to change that? Well, there's this verse, I think it's in relation to Lord Brahma's austerities. Austerity is the wealth of the Brahmin. So you have to um, come up with new synonyms for austerity. Austerity is wealth. Austerity is purification. Austerity is bliss. So Some people love austerity, actually. It makes them so happy. Austerity is strength. Krishna is austerity. Bhagavatam. Krishna says that. I am austerity. Vasudeva. Paro tapah. I am tapasya. So, Just with your analogies, you may say for you, austerity for me is like punishment. That's your analogy. Change the analogies. So that you start to see the the benefits of it. And so when you think of austerity, you think of something positive. You know, you can do this with anything. Sometimes we don't like to do things. But, if you think of the positive side of it, then the thing that Maybe it was difficult or distasteful. can take on a very positive outlook and be a, have be a positive experience for you. And if it's a positive experience, then you'll want to do it again. And if it's negative, you'll want to avoid it. So you can take anything neg- negative and reformat it and re-understand it. Austerity, it may be difficult, but it's extremely purifying. And so, don't you want to get purified? It's a quick, quick way to get purified. Austerity is pleasing to Prabhupada. Don't you want to please Prabhupada? Yeah, do austerity, make him happy. Hare Krishna. I have to cool it off here, I'm falling asleep. Hold on. Let me get a breath of fresh air. Hold, Hold on a second, I have to breathe some air. So I can stay awake
1: yeah i I found in in dealing with the mind, you need some strategies. strategy I've found successful is reorient what you think
0: is negative, which you actually know intellectually is positive, reorient it with positive synonyms, positive analogies, positive visions. So, it's like, you know, you're going to do
1: something It's not pleasing or comfortable, but it's really good for you. So you... Find So you focus on all the benefits. And then it starts looking better.
0: You know, like some people get married. Before they get married, they start focusing on all the austerities of marriage. So that may be practical to at least consider them and brace yourself for them, but to solely be focused on them. um, It's not a productive way of thinking. Especially... Anything that you want to do, anything that you know is good for you, to have a negative mindset on it, this is the worst thing you could have because then you'll never do it or you'll do it begrudgingly. And if it's something that's good for you and you should be doing, you have to create positive images about it. Like say, for example, people who, they say I'm a night person and if you just say the word morning, it makes them like, kind of feel icky. You know people like that? You say early morning and they kind of like oh, shrill, make a face. And they say, I'm a night owl. And they light up. But early morning, oh, I can't do it. So they have to, whatever pleasure they're getting from being a night owl, they have to, kind of transfer that to the early morning. In thinking, this early morning will even be better than the late night. And so you have a positive image. Because if you don't have a positive image, it's really difficult to do something. You know, students, what gets a student through through his education? A lot of times it's just, well... There's a stick behind him called the parents. They're going to beat him up if he doesn't do it. But a lot of times, it's the career motivation. So they don't like what they're doing, but it in a sense becomes positive because they like the career. So they also do austerity. Mountain climbers do austerity. People who ski, people who surf, they all do austerity. But they do it because there's pleasure in it. So austerity is so valuable for Krishna consciousness. And if we don't do enough austerity, we can experience a kind of suffering from not doing austerity. So, Sadhya Rupa, if you think austerity is suffering, also it would be nice if you thought not doing austerity is even more suffering. You know, exercise is suffering, but not exercising means you always be tired. So, not exercising is actually more suffering. So, if you reorient yourself that way, then it's easy to maintain some kind of exercise. Because not exercising, although more comfortable, ends up making you more miserable. And austerity will make you happy, even if while doing it, you're not so happy. And if you understand that and you understand you need to do a certain amount of austerity, you need to have a certain amount of austerity in your life in order to advance in Krishna consciousness, then sense gratification will become the enemy and austerity will become the friend. Austerity will become the new sense gratification. How's that? Tattoo that one into your heart. Austerity is the new sense gratification. But everything that Lord Brahma did, he did because he did his his austere meditation. He heard the word tapa, so he did his austere meditation. Then he got the power to create. In the gurukul system, the boys do austerity. That's how they become strong. And one of the reasons that children, especially boys, are spoiled is because they have too much comfort their life's too easy. This is one boy got sentenced to death for some crime. Prabhupada told the story and he said, if you have any last words to your relatives, he called up his aunt. I guess his aunt was the one who took care of him. And he said, come over, I want to tell you something. She came over and he bit his ear. He bit her ear. I don't know if he bit it off, but he bit her ear. And the reason he did that, he told her, he said, you know, the reason I'm here here.'" is because you should have you know restricted me disciplined me but you didn't so we could we could say that discipline which he should have had ultimately should have been self-discipline now he was lamenting he didn't have self-discipline so definitely a life without austerity it's not a krishna conscious life and Although, from the material spec perspective, this they wouldn't think this in a hundred years. Austerity actually breeds happiness because it breeds purification. And sense gratification does not give way to happiness because it doesn't purify us. So anything that purifies you will make you happy. And so if you understand that, when it comes time to do austerity, then Sat you think... Well, this will purify me. If I'm purified, I will be closer to Krishna. If I'm purified, I will be happier. So I should do this. This is good. I want to do this. You know, like sometimes we go in parikrama and they say, well, you know, it's better to go barefoot. So we look at one another and say, are you going barefoot? No, are you going barefoot? And, and you may have very sensitive feet. But you might think, no, this is the way to do Purikrama, and I want my feet to be touching the earth of the dham. So you do the austerity. And at the end of the day, you have sore feet, but you feel amazing. And your sore feet are just kind of a reminder of the bliss of the Purikrama. Something like that.
1: That T-shirt would be. I don't, we have to explain these T-shirts. But that's maybe one good thing about the
0: T-shirts. When you have it, people are going to read it and say, "What does that mean?" And then you explain it. Actually, I had an idea. It. It was. It's actually coming to fructify as a consequence of making these T-shirts. But I had this idea to have to have T-shirts or clothes that had these little statements on that would uh, would cause people to ask you when they would read it and go oh, that's interesting what does it mean
1: and if it actually worked all you'd have to do is just go shopping all day and what does that mean anyway we'll see
0: when you all get the t-shirts we're we're revamping the website it's actually happening the company's coming along and I think within a few weeks, we'll be able
1: to launch it. But at least by the end of March at the latest, if, you, if some of these t-shirts will create
0: this conversation with people. So you're just going out and ending up talking to so many people because of your t-shirt. That was the original intention. The, or at least the original idea I had. So it would be nice to see. So Sadhya says that there's so much suffering, why suffer more? There's so much suffering because we haven't suffered enough to get rid of the suffering. There's so much suffering because we're trying to enjoy. There's so much enjoyment because we try to suffer. Tapasya is voluntary, voluntarily suffering. There's so much suffering, but we're suffering because we're not doing tapasya. That's the problem. You know, you see, India had something like 2,000 gurukulas when the British came. And the British wanted to destroy Indian culture, and they thought, you know, they thought of all the ways they could do it, change the dress, the language, the food. And and they saw how the gurukulas were the basis of Indian culture and so once that was destroyed and then eventually india became westernized and you being indian but this we are we are divorced from a culture where austerity is put on a pedestal but in the gurukula austerity is put on the pedestal and so because it's gurukula was a such an important and common institution in that culture Austerity as something good was in self-discipline and so forth was imbibed within that culture, but it's not imbibed within our culture. It's the opposite. So that's why we have trouble with too much austerity. I I remember I was... It's like six months ago or so, so I was thinking traveling is so austere and I haven't traveled. Six months ago, I hadn't traveled like four months, three or four months. And I say, you know, my life is a bit, is a lot easier than it used to be. I need some more austerity. And like the next day, someone said,
1: can you give class at, um, it's going to be, you know, eight o'clock and yeah, because I was thinking, I need some austerity, you know, I need to get
0: up at like 2.30. So, you know, if you're not in that mood and you go, three o'clock, are you kidding? I have, to, I have to get my sleep. That's like too austere. I can't do that. I'll be tired all day, etc., etc. et
1: cetera. But if you're thinking in austerity terms, you're thinking, oh, well, it's just a matter of reformatting
0: and understanding the necessity. The importance of and the benefits of austerity. And so you're putting austerity on a pedestal instead of putting it wherever you have it right now in your mind. Huh? So Satyarupa says, well, there's so much suffering, why suffer more? Well,
1: the point is, if there is already so much suffering, why suffer and not make advances? So your question is really the answer. Well, there's already so much suffering.
0: That's the point. There already is. But the suffering is not purifying us. So suffer to get purified. That's the point. So you've just answered the question by asking it. There's already so much suffering. Why suffer more? You don't have to suffer more. Just suffer for the right reason. And if it's more you'll end up being less because now you'll be more tolerant because you'll be advancing
1: because of the voluntary suffering. Kriste is possible. We have a testimony here. You can do If Kriste can do it, you can do it. Right, Kriste? o'clock. As soon as they woke us up, I thought, it's
0: the middle of the night. That's what it felt like. It felt like the middle of the night, because for me, 4 a.m. was the middle of the night. So early morning is by far the most amazing time. I, You know, I used to think and I still do, that when you can't live in the dom, the next best thing to
1: living in the dom, if you don't live in a either Vrindavan, Mayapur, or Puri, etc. ...getting up early in the morning because the morning is so
0: sattvic, it's almost like being in the dawn. It's like you have this special atmosphere in which you can... Your mind can absorb anything and um, you're just like a sponge in the morning. And aside from that, there's... Very few distractions early in the morning. So it's such a special time. And I think it's it's really unfortunate to be asleep at that time. And definitely uh, no one should awaken after the sun rises, which in some, in some countries will be hard because it doesn't set, but in the summer. But you know what I'm saying. Um, So the other other idea, Satyabhama, which I sometimes talk about, if if you really care for yourself, you will do the austerity that's good for you. Because you care for your spiritual life, you care to take care of yourself. So with more compassion towards yourself, give yourself more care, you can do more austerity knowing that, well, this is good for me, so I should do it. Right? But it said that women for not, are not meant for austerity. And Prabhupada said, You are not ordinary women anymore. So, too bad. You have to do austerity. Austerity is the new sense gratification. All right.
2: Question. From Bhakti Devi? Bhakti something?
0: Yogamaya is Krishna's servant and Maya Devi or Mahamaya is also serving Krishna. Should we also offer her respectful obeisances and serve her as the servant of the servant of the servant? We're already serving her. That's the problem. And how at the same time could we avoid associating with her? Or is the key to serve her and the key is to serve Yogamaya? You know, Durga is an expansion of, of Radha, and so Yogamaya is expansion of Radha. So it's just a chain of expansions, how you want to look at it. But, if you want, but for answering this question, I think it would be good, let's say Durga is an expansion of Yogamaya. So if I told you Durga was an expansion of Yogamaya, excuse me, I'm a bit sleepy here, to answer your question, I'm going to rephrase it and say Durga is Radharani's expansion, external expansion. Should we worship Durga or should we worship Radharani? Or how did you say it? Um, servant of the servant of the servant of Durga? No. So we, we, I think it would be clear. No, we're interested in Radha. So it's the same answer. We're interested in Yogamaya, not Mahamaya. Mahamaya has a function, which is to keep us away from Krishna. Now, there is there can be a sentiment, you know, Durga, Mahamaya, you know. Please, please, in your form of yoga maya, cover me. And please, in your form of maya, don't engage me. But generally, you wouldn't do that unless, by chance, you were in India walking down the street or in some holy place and you saw a deity of Durga, then you might just say, Durga, you are Yogamaya. Let me engage in Leela. So you might you might think like that. But generally, there's no reason to pray to Maya. Best thing is just don't deal with her. Don't bother with her. Hmm? How do you avoid associating with Maya? By associating with Yogamaya. You know, it's it's like the prison and freedom. How do I avoid the prison? The prison obey the government. How do I get in prison? Disobey the government. So you follow Krishna consciousness, you won't be in prison. I hope that is clear. I hope that helps you. We yeah. have. Another question? Aisudana does. Last week you said that societies suffer from the slaughter of cows. India has long been seen as a place of suffering and as a place where the cow is most respected, and yet there is always... Whether does that... yeah?
1: Well, they are killing cows, but the um, unfortunate The unfortunate situation
0: is that when you know something and then you don't follow it, you suffer more than if you do it out of ignorance, because there's more responsibility coming to you when you know what to do and what you didn't do. Yeah, like you're speeding on this street, you know, but there there was only one speeding sign in ten miles, and you got on the street, you know, like nine miles before that sign. So, you know, get stopped by the police and say, like, you know, I didn't see a sign. <clears throat> he goes, okay. But if that happens, and he looks at your address and said, you live on this street, you've driven this street hundreds of times. You can't, doesn't matter you didn't see the sign, you know the speed limit. responsibility comes with knowing. So Prabhupada said India suffers more because it's the land of dharma. They have this knowledge. They know what's wrong. You know, like with children. They do so many things wrong, but they don't know. But when they know, the parents get frustrated and say, you know better. Why did you do this? And if he doesn't
1: know better, then easy to forgive. So, Bad things going on in India now that our,
0: our scriptures speak against. And cow slaughter, of course, is going on.
1: On the black market, on the white market, however, it's going on. Where there's a dharma in the land of dharma, there's going to be bigger
0: problems. So Satya Rupa just made a vow. She's going to increase her austerity in baby steps. But since you vowed in front of everyone, we're holding you accountable. So please report next week what austerities you have taken so you can stay true to your word. Okay. Now, pressure is on Satyarupa. Get a little journal and start noting your austerity. Now she's going to do some austerity right away. So think of all the austerities you can do.
1: Kelly says, when I was doing my undergrad, when I would do my homework, concepts that were really confusing,
0: the next day became perfectly clear in the morning. It's amazing, isn't it? So I can attest from the mind, the mind is much more focused. Yeah, the morning, I always say the morning is a gift from Krishna. And capable of absorbing things, it's true for advanced mathematics as well as philosophy. And yesterday morning, at about
1: four o'clock, I was reading about a dueta, and I was giving class that morning. And it's, I had the same experience, it's like everything I read, I was like,
0: this is weird, I'm remembering everything. Like, I don't really have to mark anything, I remember it all, which is not normal.
1: At other times of the day. So, I had, I think I'd written an article. Sleeping through the morning, it's like you're not taking the gift. Krishna's saying, here, morning, best time of day, earlier the better. You'll be more Krishna... It's completely book in the morning. It's ideal environment.
0: Krishna's gift to you, and then you sleep through it.
1: Yeah, it's like someone gives you a gift and you're just like, nah. Here, Krishna, early morning. Yeah, I don't need it, you know.
0: I'm too fallen for all this early morning stuff. No, take advantage of it. You know, sometimes devotees say, your Krishna consciousness is difficult. This devotee just wrote me a letter. It was, I thought it was kind of funny. Or obvious. She was saying, I'm, I'm finding it really difficult to be Krishna conscious. I'm not associating with devotees. I read Prabhupada's books for 15 minutes a day and I chant two rounds. And I just had to write back to her, I know this devotee, she needed to hear this. I just had to say this. And, and she wanted help. I said, "How can I help you? If I chanted two rounds, if I read fifteen minutes a day and had no association, I would also find it difficult to be Krishna conscious." So, so if get you know, sometimes we do things that just makes it difficult on ourselves to be Krishna conscious, right? Like it doesn't make sense. Why would why do we do that? And then we say, "Oh, it's so hard to be Krishna conscious," but the reality is, no, I'm just not doing enough of what I need to be doing to be Krishna conscious. I read every day, two hours, three hours. I chant 16 rounds. Sometimes I'm fortunate I can chant more <coughs> and I get association and so I'm okay. If I did two rounds, no association 15 minutes, I would resign from my job as guru because I I wouldn't be very Krishna conscious. So you know, it's not like I'm just Krishna conscious and that's it and it's just going to be that way. No, it's not
1: like that. You know, it you know, it could be that way for a while, but if you exercise eventually you're gonna get weak.
0: Right? So, it's actually uh, such a simple point, but so important. If you find any, you're having difficulty in Krishna consciousness, you know, there may be many reasons, but look, just look. Well, what's the quality of your japa? Like basics, bread and butter. What's the quality of your japa? How much you're reading or how much time
1: you're spending in classes? How much association you get? What's your attitude Would you have service, are you wasting time in frivolous activity? And if the answer is yes to any of these, then it's just… Yeah, now, now I'm feeling Krishna conscious, very Krishna
0: conscious. It's not like it's necessarily
1: because you are spiritually stronger, but you're doing things that will make you spiritually stronger. Because so, weakness is not always just some I-don't-know-why thing.
0: It usually you can trace it out to you're not doing enough or you're doing something wrong. So, Tanya says, I did go over it on barefoot a couple of hours into it. I was in excruciating pain. When we reached Radha Kunda, I broke down in tears, both from the pain and from the happiness, because I couldn't believe I was there. Somehow I reached the end of the Prima, but I could barely walk for two days. Had huge blisters across both of my heels. I smile from ear to ear whenever I remember those ecstatic blisters. Oh, we have a book. It's called "Ecstatic Blisters." Interesting book t-shirt. I remember those ecstatic blisters, yeah. It's true. Um if you if you think back to some great austerities you've done, sometimes the the most memorable pleasing happy thoughts, even though going through it it was it was not so happy. It's yeah, the agony and the ecstasy sometimes. But the ecstasy is just under the agony. austerity is so important you know Prabhupada came to basically destroy materialistic civilization and there's just too much sense gratification it's not good, it's not healthy and you just have to remind, if you're not aware of that you have to remind yourself I think I
1: skipped Marco Marco had a statement Vrindavan is not a physical
0: place. Vrindavan is wherever the holy name of Krishna is, where his devotees and his loving pastimes are. One must have the eyes anointed with the balm of transcendental love to see Vrindavan everywhere. From the earthly Vrindavan in our day may be disappointing, otherwise it is said that unless one is seriously engaged in devotional service, one should not stay more than three days in Vrindavan. It is Radharani who decides to invite us or move away from the sacred land of God's loving pastimes with his
2: devotees. Hare Krishna.
0: Okay, let's all go to Vrindavan and do austerities. What do you think? Good idea. More questions. Oh no, it's Friday. We we'll always go longer. Um, Anuradha. In fact, there are other European countries that kill more cows. And they're atheists, it's not been seen, they suffer. Yeah, that's the reason, because they don't know. Sin committed in knowledge bears greater sinful reactions. But give those countries time. They'll also, they'll also, you know, well, I mean, look at World War II. That was huge suffering. So, cow slaughter is bad for those who know they should do it and those who know they shouldn't. This talk totally made my... Day. It's from Lavunga. I was just thinking about how my day went so much better when I was doing austerity to chant on my job early in the morning before the sun was up. Yeah, Lavunga, it's true. Maybe we should start an austerity club. Like... uh I don't know what, what we do. 64 rounds every Saturday. I forgot to look at my early morning sadhana as austerity. Thank you. Yeah. Sadharupa, you mentioned about dog paddle japa in the daily quote once. Sometimes I think we do dog paddle bhakti just to keep our head above water, yeah. So dog paddle japa, it, was, it wasn't... It was Bhakti Thakur didn't use that name. But he said there's a kind of japa that keeps your head above water but you're not moving towards the shore and you're not sinking. You're just doing dog paddling. You're staying in one place. Yeah, I think that's a real concern, dog paddle bhakti. You know, oftentimes it's said if you're not moving forward, probably it means you're moving backwards because generally dog paddling is not permanent. And so... If I'm not moving forward, if I'm not feeling more Krishna conscious now than I did last year, the year before, or even a few months ago, it should be a concern. We should ask ourselves why, what we can do, and so forth. Christy says, how about those who avoid austerity with an excuse that Prabhupada was a saint and we are not supposed to make that many sacrifices? That may be okay that you can't imitate, but there are certain things he asked us to do. So, at least those we should do. And those of us who were with Prabhupada know that it wasn't like he ever stopped us from doing austerity. He said, no, no, that's too much, don't do that. <laughs> Definitely not. Okay, we're going to end today. It, at 9.32 Eastern Standard Time. Hare Krishna, everyone. And uh, Yoga Maya is amazing.
1: That's all I can say. Sri the Prabhupada, Ki, Jai, Go, Preman Hare Di.